Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hi, this is Kendra. And I'm Anne. And you are listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. We are so glad to have you joining us. Um, We have a big weekend coming up with Easter tomorrow, an amazing day to celebrate. I know several of you who might be struggling with infertility, um, you might be struggling with that. I've wanted to pack an Easter basket for my little one or wanting to have Mm -hmm. a holiday with your little one. So please know we're praying with you, but um, what a day to rejoice. That's right. That's right. We can't forget about the, our risen Savior. You know, that's what our Christian faith is based on. So to still be so grateful for what this um, Easter weekend, you know, does mean for mm-hmm. us for, who are Christians, you know. Absolutely. Well, if Anne sounds a little bit different to you today, it is because she is calling in from home, which ties into some exciting news that we have. Both of us have some news to share with you. Um, Anne, why don't you go first? All right. Well, I'm calling in from home as I'm looking at the sweetest little baby girl sitting <laughs> beside me. Um, it honestly could bring tears, kind of does bring tears to my eyes to think mm-hmm. that I'm actually, you know, sitting beside such an answered prayer by so many people. You know, so many people prayed for this sweet baby and um, before we even knew she was coming and then definitely as she was on her way. Um, and we've just been covered in prayers this mm-hmm. whole time. So it's a very humbling experience for sure. We are so, so excited for you. I can't wait to get to hold her in person. I've seen beautiful pictures and <laughs> not fair. She looking like her daddy. You carried her for nine uh, no. months. <laughs> no, All that pain and suffering. <laughs> but but uh, no. she At is beautiful. She's cute, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, those eyes, you guys. We'll have to post a picture later for y'all to see. Yes, I'll well, have to post a picture after this. Well, the Knoxes also have some exciting news to share. Um, After a long time of waiting and trusting on the Lord, we are expecting a baby girl in July. And you guys... I'm aware to have chills. I mean, Anne, like, when we started this, neither one of us were expecting, and it seemed like something so distant. And I'll tell you what. Listeners, thank you. So many of you have, I've had people call and email, Mm -hmm. and you all have said that you're praying for our families as you've heard our stories on the radio. And I think I've mentioned this before, but when we started Hannah's Heart, I really saw it as an opportunity to pour into other couples out of the grief that we were experiencing Mm -hmm. to try to help others with the same joy that God had given us in the journey. And I kind of considered it like this is a ministry. I'm going to be ministering to all these women mm-hmm. and, and couples. And I had no idea that God was going to use it to minister to me. You guys, thank you so exactly. much for those of you that have been praying for us. I really believe that um, the Lord heard your cry. Thank you so much for praying. <laughs> that's, that's so true. We've had letters sent in, like written letters, 
and emails and all kinds of stuff from people saying that they're praying for us. I've had people say they're fasting. I'm like, you don't even know me, you know, that you would consider doing that for us. Like, Mm What, what a way for the body of Christ to be there for each other. And for those of you that are still waiting for your miracle, we want to, um, we are praying with you. Please, if you, if you want to reach out to us, it's um, Hannah's Heart at AFA.net. Hannah, like it's spelled in the Bible, Hannah's Heart at AFA.net. Um, we love to send you an encouraging prayer because we are not meant to go through this journey alone. Oh, you hear those little coos? <laughs> oh my goodness, yes, that is baby Jane, right? Of course, she's waking up as I'm starting. I'm like, girl, you've been asleep, you're fine. Oh my goodness, what a what an encouraging um, piece of hope. And I know everybody's journey ends differently, but you know, Anne, just yeah. talking to you, this is such a reminder that our God is a good God who wants to abundantly bless us. And it's so easy to lose hope when you're struggling with infertility or miscarriage. Um, yeah. And that's one of the things we actually want to talk to you about today. The The theme of this show is um, pregnancy after miscarriage or after struggling with infertility. And, um, mm-hmm. and how do we hold on to hope when we've been in such a place of bitterness, of... Um, Maybe not bitterness, but of just turmoil and grief. How how do you right. how do you cling to hope? How you, right. How do you make that switch? You know. And how does it affect um, your honestly, pregnancy? <laughs> oh, oh, it affects it. It does. It affects. I believe after you've had a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, us talking about Easter weekend. I remember last Easter we had three kids through foster care here at the time, and I um. Oh, man, I remember ironing their clothes for Easter Sunday mm. and the night before, and we were getting Easter baskets and stuff ready. And I cried as I was getting their clothes ready. I had them hung up in our mine Will's room um, so they'd be ready for the next morning. And I just looked at them and thought, I've always wanted to have a reason to go get a new Easter dress for a mm. little girl or, mm. you know, to always, I've always wanted to be able to coordinate outfits like all the other mamas get to do. And so, um, honestly, I haven't even really thought about that. And now we're talking about Easter Sunday being tomorrow, as you know, as the listeners hear this program. And um, now, well, you know, we still have our one baby boy who's going on mm-hmm. two years old now. Um, he's not ours officially, but he is in our hearts. And then, um, have baby Jane now who we had, you know, she's ours biologically and to think what a year, the difference that a year makes. And that has to, to be so surreal that, to hold her because when you're struggling with infertility or miscarriage, like you, all you can think about is getting to that holding. The yes. Moment. Yes. I will say <laughs> when she first came into the world and they laid her on my chest, Will said all I kept saying was, she's here, she's here, she's really, she's here. <laughs> he was like, yes, Anne. Oh, my word. <laughs> so it is, um, yeah, very surreal, very surreal. Well, it just really makes me want to pray for the people, you know, yes. still struggling. Rather, like what we've said, you know, however those prayers get answered for you mm-hmm. um, and your family, but um, just that those prayers do get answered, you know. 
Well, you you mentioned something interesting a little while earlier, and since it's the topic of the day, it's a great segue. You said that um, infertility and miscarriage follows you into even pregnancy mm-hmm. and into having the actual baby. So we want to jump in with that. So, Anne, let's just talk about when you first oh. found out about little Jane, oh. what were some of the things that, how did maybe infertility um, or, or miscarriage impact your initial reactions? Oh, man. Well, you know, us all who've struggled with this, we all have probably taken pregnancy tests after pregnancy test. You know, like however many pregnancy tests I took, I have no idea in the four years that um, we struggled with infertility. And um, so the day, I think I talked about it in one of the episodes, you know, like just feeling like the Lord was telling me to go take a test. I wasn't late yet. I really wasn't having any symptoms other than I was so tired. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, when I took that test and it said pregnant, I mean, I just remember, like, walking through the house, like, checking in different lighting. Like, it actually says it this time. I'm not just <laughs> seeing it, right? You know, because I had done the, you know, taking tests throughout the house other times, too, but it was not saying anything. It was saying negative, you know. Um, so, yeah, when and it even affected when I told Will later on that day, his reaction, I actually videoed it. And his reaction was not like, yay, oh my gosh, you know. It was like, what? Really? Are are we sure? That's right, you know. So he was even reserved. We both were really, I think, until um, the first doctor's appointment. And even then, (laughs) even seeing the heartbeat, I mean, it was wonderful to hear the heartbeat and see, you know, the little little bitty butterbean on the screen, but like, it was a long time into pregnancy before I really, I think, accepted, like, okay, God, you've, she's here. It's a baby, a baby girl. Mm. She's okay, you know, because um, 10 weeks in, we had a scare where I started bleeding and cramping really bad, and I went to the emergency room, and um, it ended up not being that huge of a deal. I had a small hemorrhage. Um with the placenta and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when I first realized I was bleeding and I was hurting, I felt weird all morning. I just told him, I was like, I just, I don't feel bad. I just feel weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my first thought was not like sadness. It was like legit. I was just like, well, I knew this was going to happen. I knew mm-hmm. this was too good to be true, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel awful even thinking that, yeah. like knowing that that was my first thought instead of being, heartbroken which of course I was heartbroken but I just remember being like okay God I'm not sure why you just did this but thanks thanks a lot you know um but uh it's just that that's how it affects you you know uh it's hard to fully accept it that it's happening I think even um at the hospital she had some complications with her heart rate mm. during labor, and that was so scary. I mean, I was just—I had told her multiple times, I was like, "Just do a C-section. Just do a C-section. I just want her to be okay. Like, I, I don't care to keep doing this anymore. You know, if um, laboring is what you know could cause her heart to mess up. Um, so anyway, I just think it." continues to affect you you know it's actually kind of encouraging to hear you say that even after hearing the heartbeat you still 
were affected by that because that has been my experience. You know, there's mm. this this obvious underlying joy. This is something you have dreamed yeah. and prayed for, and of course you're happy. But I think anytime you've experienced loss, there's this very natural human thing that your brain and your heart does, and it's like you pr- trying to protect you from getting hurt mm-hmm. again, even though mm-hmm. that hurt might not even ever come or materialize. Right. It's like you're thinking, oh, if I just don't get excited about this, then if something Mm -hmm. happens, I won't be disappointed, which, of course, is not even logical because if at that point, if, you know, if anything happens, you're going to grieve and it's going to hurt no matter what. So it's not really like you're protecting yourself anything, but it's just this, it's that natural. It's kind of like, it's kind of a funny analogy, but I was a gymnast growing up and we used to do split leaps on the beam. And there's this thing uh-huh. that happens that's called splitting the beam where it is what it sounds like and it is not fun. Oh, <laughs> one leg's on one uh-huh. side, one's on the other, and you hit and, uh-huh. it, oh, it hurts so so bad. But the thing is, anytime a gymnast has ever split the beam and they go to try to do another split leap, you can always tell the ones that have, you've split the beam because there's this, <laughs> God, like the, all of a sudden their leaps become these little like tiny, like jerky moves and they're like not not what they're supposed to be because you got to get over that fear hi baby jane we hear you sweet girl she wanted to chime in y'all let us hear from her but yeah so i think for me you know i was a little hesitant to tell friends and family one you know all the like books tell you oh wait wait till the second trimester because you know that's when the risk of losses is less Um, And there was, um, I had a lot of people that um, this, this round of, of course, Eric and I had some fertility treatments and we had a lot of people praying that knew about the time that we were going in. And so everybody was waiting to find out if we were pregnant or not, you know, so I felt like I couldn't not tell them something, but then I was like, I don't want them to know yet. I just want to get to that safe, you know, safety mark. And that threshold keeps moving like even after I would hit it, you know, I would hit, oh, six weeks and I mm-hmm. heard the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Thomas, um, doubting Thomas, who was like, unless I touch the wounds and, you know, see the scars, I shall never believe. I was like, unless I hear the heartbeat yeah, and see the baby bean, yeah. I shall never believe. But my husband actually helped me kind of process some of that and realizing, because I, I honestly felt a lot of guilt. And this is the way the enemy plays with us. He was like, you're going to lose the baby because you didn't rejoice and because you're so nervous and because you don't trust God, you know? And so then I was like, ah, what do I have to do to prove that I rejoice? And I got so in my head about this. And what I love about God is his will, what he's going to do is not dependent upon my feelings, you know? And I think sometimes as Christians, we say that hope and faith is a, this feeling, this emotion that you have. And in talking with my husband, he really helped me to see that I was trusting God, that I was also having a very human, guarded, cautious response, that I had no control over my feelings. But in my actions, every day I was waking up, I was taking a prenatal vitamin. I was doing all the things. I wasn't taking the medicines you're not supposed to be taking. And, and right. at the end of the day, I was believing that even if this pregnancy does not work, my belief and my hope isn't in just a baby, but is in God. Yes, I do hope for the, uh, a successful pregnancy, but my hope is in the Lord. And so he helped me to see that faith doesn't always look the same, and it's not dependent on our emotions at all. 
Um, there's a book that I'm reading, Anne, that um, was passed to Hannah's heart. Um, it's called Courageously Expecting. It's 30 Days of Encouragement for Pregnancy After Loss, and it's by Jenny Albers. And I'm just maybe halfway through it right now, but it is so helpful. And she's That's gone. I made. I've not heard of that. Oh, it's great. I have so much highlighted already. And what I love about it is she um, she has prayers at the end of every day, and it's a short day. So this is specifically if you're wanting to try after having um, experienced a miscarriage or a pregnancy loss um, or if you already are expecting, but you're struggling with some of these fears and it's like daily prayers to read. And I wanted to read one of them um, to you. This one is in a chapter called Choosing Hope Over Doubt. Um, So first of all, she quotes the scripture from Romans 15 um, that says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as believers, yes, we want to be realists of our situations. We don't want to be word of faith people that just name it, claim it. Um, but we want to also be people filled with hope. And it's so easy right. to lose that hope. So she also says, this is again quoting from the book, And while neither you or I know the plans that God has for your womb, we are guaranteed that his goodness will prevail. And for that reason, there is every reason to march forward, even when we, when what we hope for seems impossible. And I'm going to read this mm-hmm. little hopeful prayer because it is so good. So I'm going to pray it over any ladies that are listening that maybe are having trouble hoping. Um, maybe you're expecting and you're, um, and you're nervous this round. So it says, God, thank you for your promise of a beautiful future, no matter how hopeless my heart is today. The sorrow that I feel from losing a baby I loved so much has made it difficult for me to believe that light will ever shine in my life again. I'm scared to hope, God. I'm afraid that if I do, my heart won't be able to recover if the path ahead includes ongoing disappointment and heartbreak and loss. When my circumstances seem harsh, I sink into a hole of hopelessness because I doubt your plans for me. When I am in the dark, God, remind me of your goodness. Plant hope within my heart and carry me out into your light. Amen. Amen. Oh, my goodness. And it's so good. I just, yeah. <laughs> I love that, that in that I prayer, know. she acknowledges like, God, I'm scared to hope. Like I have right. felt that. I have felt that. It's like I, I postponed, um, Eric and I have a little journal that we made because the whole cra- crazy journey of infertility is so long. I made a book to mm-hmm. our future baby and it was just all the prayers and oh. I wanted to fill our child in on, you know, what's going on and how much they are loved. And as of like just a couple days ago, I hadn't written in the journal since we found out we were expecting. And I don't know, something about writing in it felt like it's real. And, you know, that like Uh I'm acknowledging that this is happening. And, you know, I wrote to her the other day and it's, it's even been hard for me a little bit to even talk to her and pray to her. It's a little girl, by the way, we found out she, she Uh going to be a little girl. (laughs) Um, but once I started talking to her, I realized like you already love her so much, you know, and, Um, don't allow the enemy to steal your joy today over something that you can't control tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, here's okay. another another little quote from the book. Um, she says, 
you are carrying an already loved baby, and that is cause for joy right now, no matter what happens tomorrow. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. But even in the uncertainty of tomorrow, one thing is for sure. God has given you a gift today. Your baby is here with you right now, being carried in the sacred place of your womb with so much love. Ah, and she talked about too, like, you know, the scripture that says um, that we are supposed to, the body of Christ is supposed to um, mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. Mm -hmm. And um, she makes the point that, you know, sometimes we don't want to tell other people because we think, oh, we don't want to disappoint them. We don't want them to be sad Mm -hmm. if this doesn't end up working out. But the Bible calls us to care each other's burdens and to rejoice with each other. And so you might think, oh, I don't want to tell my parents or my grandparents. And and at the end of the day, it is up to you how and when you tell who you want to tell. But don't be afraid um, when there's somebody that really does love you to invite them into your life and be like, you know what? If this turns a different way you're going to be there to support me and, and mourn with right. me. I'm not putting a burden on you. That's a burden that the body of Christ is supposed to share. It's a very healthy thing. Mm, that's well, so true. Let's See, t- I definitely let's do talk it. about the fears. You said that you had a little scare at both 10 weeks and mm. um, even into labor. <clears throat> How do you think that both infertility and miscarriage affects any time there's any problem in the in the pregnancy? Oh, I remember at the hospital when they when we were doing the ultrasound at ten weeks. Um, I just fully expected for them not to find a heartbeat. Like I mean, mm. I remember just laying there and I wasn't crying, but I just was like, I just already know there's no heartbeat. Like that's just how this is going to end, and that's how it's going to be. Um, because we've had four miscarriages, very very early miscarriages, where we didn't ever even hear the baby's heartbeat, but. Um, Anyway, I was very shocked when she was like, no, everything looks good. You know, um, here's when we heard the heartbeat, I just, I remember saying, is that her heartbeat or mine? You know, um, <laughs> you probably felt like yours know. was going that fast. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, at that time, we didn't know if it was a boy or girl, but um, anyway, yeah, I think I did almost daily choose mm. to not live in the fear, especially in the beginning um, that's, it was going to end today, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, um, I had to really get out of that mindset and just know that kind of, you know, what you were just saying, like just living today and, you know, we can't help what happens tomorrow, but like, don't ruin today by mm-hmm. worrying about tomorrow. It doesn't you know? accomplish anything um, and neither does Googling right. your questions. I, oh no, man, that is such that a trap. It is. That, that is one thing I feel like I did do pretty good with staying away from was Googling. Help me, sis. Help me. I have a problem. <laughs> Probably because I'm more scared of it. I'm like, I yeah. don't want to know what it says. I would rather not know. Yeah. Um, oh. But, uh, I, yeah, I had um, I mean, a wonderful support system. And then even um, my doctor, who um, was very open with me mm-hmm. about the how. PCOS and endometriosis can affect pregnancy. Mm-hmm. He was very open with me about that, but he also saw me weekly mm-hmm. for a long time. And then we only, the furthest I ever went without seeing a doctor was three weeks. And so, and that's not usual for pregnancies. So, um, I really appreciated him just being proactive, um, with that. Well, and with that, I think 
you know, you have to be very intentional about putting on the armor of God and guarding your mind. And there's a scripture that says that we're supposed to cast down imaginations and every evil thought, you know, that um, that sets itself up against Christ. And we're supposed to, it uses very strong language that says you're supposed to take, you know, take those thoughts captive as in, you know, attack them and bind them up and throw away the key. And I've had to be very intentional. I've, I, I feel like there's always these fears under the surface, but I've been very intentional about choosing um, to not dwell in those thoughts. And, you know, I had one appointment recently and I am, I admit my age on the radio, I'm not that old. I'm 35, but y'all, this is considered a high-risk pregnancy. And it was the first time that I'd heard a doctor use that term and it was like on my form. They were like high-risk pregnancy. And like, it was a wonderful appointment nothing is wrong. Do you know the two words that like stood out with me? High risk on the paper. That was all that I heard. And I was like, I'm so old. I got one foot in the grave. And like, I just started to have a little panic attack. And my mom called me and I was like, I'm going to be like Sarah, like 80 years old, bringing this baby. Like, and she was like, you need to calm down. The devil is stealing your joy. This is supposed to be an amazing moment. You know, and it is so easy to focus on the negative, um, those thoughts that are swirling around in your head. Um, Another scripture that's great is Psalm 27, and it says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. He is good. He has great things for you. Yes. Well, Anne, could you say a brief prayer for our listeners to close the show? Yes. Father God, I come to you now just to thank you for the ladies and families listening, God. God, I just pray over their hearts this Easter weekend that we will all just remember why we're celebrating. We're celebrating for life, for your life, God. But I do pray life over their families, Father. God, we love you and thank you for being good, even in the way, God. Mm -hmm. In your name I pray. Amen. Walk in joy and hope this week. Thanks for listening to Hannah's Heart. Mm